0: You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. I first want to welcome uh, Father Pio, uh, a local from our diocese. Father Pio is a Franciscan missionary. Uh, In our church, our Catholic church, we have different orders, uh, all expressing a charism. But as we know from the first letter of the Corinthians, expressing different charisms underneath the umbrella of love. So Father Pio is with the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal out of New York, and his special charism is to love the poor. Himself being poor, loves the poor. Mother Teresa of Calcutta would say, "Uh, sisters, to love the the very poor, we have to be very, very poor. And so we welcome back uh, Father Pio Of course, this is actually our altar server's uncle. Uh, And he says, a dream comes true. I finally get to serve with my uncle. I'd happily step down for that to happen. Uh, In our Catholic church, every month is dedicated to something. It's a, a healthy way, healthy reminders for us so we don't forget something. Right, so in our households, okay, we got our monthly checklist, our yearly checklist. Got to clean the gutters. Okay, it's Christmas. We all got to take pictures together. We got to do this. We got to do that. We have different things we need to do throughout the year just to make sure we're firing on all cylinders. Right? Now the church, in a similar way, has the same thing. And so the month of October is actually dedicated to the rosary. It's also what we would call Respect Life Month. Of course, uh, the biggest news has been the overturn of Roe versus Wade. And now that things have settled down a bit, right after the decision, I preached about why as Catholics we're pro-life. And what does that mean? Pro-life both before and after birth. Uh, Today, now that things have settled a bit, I want to preach about what the overturn of Roe versus Wade, what it means, what it doesn't mean, and as Catholics, what's our move forward, what do we do? So first, what does it mean? Roe versus Wade, was a legal case in the U.S. Supreme Court that was decided in January 1973. It ruled that individual states do not have the right to regulate uh, abortion in their own state. Roe versus. Wade in 1973, through extraordinarily flawed logic, saw that abortion is a constitutional right. With the overturning of Roe v. Wade earlier this year, it recognizes that abortion is found nowhere in the Constitution. Go figure, all you had to do was read it. It saw that because it's not a constitutional right, it kicked the decision back to the states. Individual states now vote on whether or not they will have abortion mills in their own local communities. What does it not mean? The overturn of Roe versus Wade in June, and since then, media outlets have been breathlessly spewing lies about what it means. I, I, uh, people send me this, I listen to it, and I just kind of roll my eyes and I just pray that no one actually believes that. And so just kind of, um, I'm painting with a wide brush right now. Uh, I, can't, I can't debunk at all. Every day they come out with something new. Uh, but just a few very kind of popular ones. The overturning of Roe and Casey does not criminalize abortion in the United States. There are no modern laws, and in fact, I even tried to look it up, I don't think there was ever a law, at least not in writing, huh, that criminalized women or sought the persecution of women for seeking an abortion. There are no laws that persecute women that are seeking an abortion. Another popular lie is this kind of quote right here, women will die because hospitals won't commit abortions even if it's necessary to save the mother's life. Okay, well this is kind of a twofold uh, answer. The first, if it's a late-term pregnancy, Uh, the baby is now viable outside of the womb, it would make much more sense to have a C-section for the woman to deliver the baby, rather than to go through the extraordinarily painful process for the mother, the life-ending process for the baby, of stretching the service, which takes over a day, and then delivering the baby in pieces for an abortion. So for late-term pregnancies that where the baby is viable, I would ask pro-choicers, wouldn't it be better if the C-section operation is not only healthier for the mom and life-saving for the baby, rather than to have an abortion where it's life-ending for the baby but also endangering the mom. Okay, now that's for a a late-term pregnancy. What about early on, where the baby is not viable within the womb? You know, I remember my my godson, uh, my first nephew, he was, boy, we call him the miracle child in the family, because he was born at 28 weeks he spent over 10 weeks in the NICU. I remember being born, he could fit in the palm of our hand. I, I have some friends at Women's and Children, they told me earlier this week, kind of the record for them is 22 weeks. 22 weeks the a baby is safely delivered. That's miracles. But what happens if a baby is before that? Let's say uh, a baby is, uh, Implanted somewhere outside of the uterus, right? The most common example is called an ectopic pregnancy for the fallopian tube, right? They'll say, in that case, the baby, that ectopic pregnancy, there is no chance of survival for the baby, and if the baby continues, the mother's life will also be lost. It's a difficult situation. In Catholic moral theology, we implore the principle of double effect. I know I'm getting kind of in the weeds of stuff, but you all went to college. Uh, so the principle of double effect says that I choose the good and I don't intend the bad. The bad is begrudgingly endured. I don't want it, but we have to choose this. For instance, a baby uh, is lodged inside the fallopian tube of a mother called an etoptic pregnancy, the procedure is to remove the fallopian tube. That is the intended result. I'm removing this damaged tissue from my body. The unintended begrudgingly thing endured is that the baby is lost. This is moral because I intend the good, and even though I know that there will be a bad outcome, I begrudgingly endure it, I don't want it, but I have to do it. The uh, example would be like a lifeguard saving, he could only save one life, but there's two people drowning. Uh, I I remember saying this, and I had a few doctors in the back uh, after uh, yesterday's mass, they said, I can't believe people actually believe in that coptic pregnancy is an abortion. I said, well, that's what they say on the news. And so, that's just to cover a little bit of different things that they say. Uh, the mother's life will be lost, that there's no abortions. It's not true. Okay. what's our response? As Catholics, so what does it mean? What does it not mean? And now what do we do about it? <clears throat> First, I would say, as Catholics, learn about the issues. Most of the time when Catholics have, like, Father, I believe this, but I get really nervous when this kind of comes out in public, or like uh, people start talking about it, I get anxiety about it. Most of the time, that's because we just simply don't know about the topic. It's like a kid going to take a test without studying. He gets nervous. Um, Learn about the issues. I've I've said this name a few times before in the pulpit, Trent Horn. Trent Horn is who I believe right now is the most vocal and clear-minded thinker in regards to pro-life issues. He wrote a book, a phenomenal book, uh, Persuasive Pro-Life. Persuasive Pro-Life. If you don't read, that's a shame, but if you don't read, he also has YouTube videos, right? ranging from 30 seconds to hour-long videos, all covering different issues surrounding her life Learn about the issues, be informed. The second, I would tell Catholics, be very careful of both politics and the news. They prey on ignorance. There is much confusion over the definition of an abortion, both the medical, the moral, and the legal definition. We have to be careful in believing what politicians are saying and then be careful about what's actually being enacted in law. For instance, Louisiana will most likely try to pass some form of an abortion law. We need to be careful about that. Lastly, I would say be familiar with the programs that help our families in these troubled situations. Be familiar with them. Are you able to give help or at least point somebody to help if they need it? The Desormo Foundation is an incredible foundation here in our own city. Our baby bottle foundation that we're having today in the back of the church. Uh, Adoption programs. In fact, our pro-life ministry here at St. Pius next month in November, we'll have stuff in the bulletin, Uh, they're giving a presentation on adoption, like financially to give accurate information, are you called to it, how can you help someone that's maybe called to it Uh, Despite the outcry of pro-abortion advocates, Dobbs' decision did not outlaw abortion in America. All it did was say that it wasn't a federal right and it just kicked the decisions back to the states. Pray the rosary for these people that are considering this decision. Our Blessed Mother was faced with an incredibly difficult situation when the angel of the Lord appeared to her to announce the birth of the Savior. Mary chose life, and even at the cross, she never regretted it. Choose life and help others choose life.